everybody. What's up? Nice to see you. Uh, I want to continue talking uh, about the, I preached last Wednesday, so if you weren't here, you're going to kind of have to hopefully catch up to speed real quick. Um, we've been talking about honor actually for really this whole month, uh, and just the understanding about how honor has the, the, the power in it to unlock for us things that we have been believing for. And it's, it's a force that God has given to us, specifically sent um, so that it's almost like it gives us staying power because it, it's, it's, it's a force that, let me think of the best way to say it. It's a force that we add onto our believing because we're going after something that's beyond ourselves. Does that make sense? That when I honor, what we've been talking about last week was, is that as I honor the word of God, what it does is it gives my faith staying power because my faith is for more than just myself, okay? When faith is just about myself and it's just about promoting myself, one of the things that I have discovered in my own life is it's very, very easy for me to step away from that faith because as soon as it gets a little bit challenging or it's not producing the results that I want it to produce, I mean, I'm sure that we've all done this, but we slowly but surely fade away. However, in comparison, when I honor the word, and the reason that I'm going after faith is because I honor the word and I honor the Lord, that gives me the staying power now because it's beyond my feelings or my emotions. It's beyond the situation. It's beyond me trying to advance. The reason that I live a lifestyle of faith is because I understand that it honors the Lord. It's pleasing to the Lord when I look the way that the word looks. Amen? You can say amen. It's okay. Like, it's cool. Okay. And this is one of the things that the Lord has be, really been speaking to me since the beginning of the year is that it's, uh, the way that I honor the Lord is not just that I read my Bible, although that's wonderful, but even greater the way that I honor the Lord is that I step into the place where my life looks like what the Word says my life can look like. Amen. It honors the Lord when I prosper. It honors the Lord when I'm healthy. I live a life that honors the Lord when I have a good relationship with my spouse. When my business is successful, it's a way for me to demonstrate my honor towards the Lord. The more that my life looks like the word, the greater the degree that I can observe that I'm, my life is, I'm living my life to honor the Lord. Okay, does that make sense to everybody? Okay, so last week what I began to talk about was I used Jesus' parable of the woman who lost the coin. And we were talking about a couple of things, you know, the light and, uh, you know, she gets the light, she removes the clutter. And, and the third thing is she doesn't give up. And, you know, as I've been going through and I've been talking to the Lord and hearing my dad preach that message a couple of weeks ago about understanding the identity of our city. And as a result, you know, we can understand the identity of ourself. He's really been talking to me, this, the Lord, all about this understanding of getting the light. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to get the light. Okay, and, and this is the thing is that I've been on this journey to, even in a greater dimension this year, to really discover what does it look like to live a lifestyle inside of the light, okay? Like, for example, the other day, it was my birthday last week on Thursday. Woo to me. I'm 32 years old now, everybody. Hey, yo. Um, it's crazy to think, like, I'm 32. Jesus would almost be wrapping up his ministry at this point, okay? <laughs> you know, whoo, he's good. Um, but so last Thursday was my birthday, and on Saturday morning, a couple of my friends took me out to breakfast in the morning, 
Um, and one of the weird things that has kind of happened to me this year in my, you know, coming around my birthday is I don't normally get birthday beat. Okay, does, does anybody know what birthday beat is? You know, you know how people, they get around their birthday and they just get in a bad mood. You know, does that ever happen? Okay, it doesn't really ever happen to me. Normally I'm like celebrating my birthday, but this year I've noticed that I've been really, I was really introspective around my birthday. And normally I'm not. Normally I kind of feel like, you know, I'm the guy who's like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's just another day. Okay, and this year I was trying to like fake it and say that, but I could tell that there's something that's happening on the inside of me. I didn't necessarily know at the time whether it was good or whether it was bad, but I knew that God was doing something. I mean, I hoped that it was God that was doing something on the inside of me, but I knew that something was stirring. And, and really it was, it, you know, on Saturday morning, it kind of culminated to this moment where I actually understood what God was doing on the inside of me because, you know, my dad has this habit of asking people on their birthday, you know, such like a broad, you know, so what have you learned in your 32 years? What's the one thing that you could tell us? And, you know, your whole 32 years summed up into one thing. And normally, you know, I kind of like stumble around and give some like ridiculous answer because, you know, how do you sum up a life, a life in one, you know, point? But this year when I was at breakfast, it was like, it, you know how it ever happens to you where you speak before your brain even has time to think? Okay, I think that it was the Lord giving me a little bit of understanding what my birthday beatness was about. And, and immediately my dad said, so, you know, what is it that you've learned in your 32 years? And my response to him was, is that the most important thing that you could do in your life is get free. And it was like, it came out of my mouth and it was like, all of a sudden, it was like heaven opened up to me. And it was like, ah, oh, I see and understand. But, the, but it came out of me. And I believe that what the Lord was doing on the inside of me and really what he's desiring to do this year, especially now after my dad has been giving us an understanding of how, of really what light is to us and light being truth. And the, what I discovered, and as it came out of my mouth, I knew in that moment that the most important thing that any person can do in this time that you're here on the earth is get free. Because the more free that I am, the more that God has the ability to use me to bring change to the world. Okay? And, and so this is, where, this is kind of like where I was at in this moment. Um, and like I said, like my response was so instant, it kind of almost like tripped me out a little bit. But that's our destiny, yeah. right? Our destiny is you were designed to live in the light. You were designed to live a lifestyle inside of the truth. That their, their darkness has no power over you in any way possible. And we don't have to live underneath that darkness because how many of you know Jesus has given us the light? Okay? Jesus has given us the answer to any problem that you might have past, present, or future. And so what, what I, you know, as I was talking to them, and there was probably like five or six people there, as I was talking to them, there was such an urgency on the inside of me, and the urgency looked like I need to do whatever is necessary for the rest of my life to discover the darkness in my heart and replace it with the truth. That in every day, you know, and since then I've been praying to the Lord every day, like, Lord, show me areas in my heart where there is darkness so that I can actively get busy trading it for the light. Because one of the things that I've noticed is inside of a lot of people is they get a little bit of light and they kind of get satisfied with the little bit of light that they have. 
that, you know, my life is a little bit better. You know, I don't really deal with the things that I used to deal with. And so, and, and it's almost like their journey, you know, they kind of get like two or three rhemas, you know, and after that, it kind of like fizzles out, right? Because it's like, yeah, my, the immediate problems in my life seem to be gone, but what I felt the urgency from the Lord to say is that we can, the, the, the degree to which we desire to be free is the degree to which we will experience freedom. That there is nothing in your life that has more power than your desire to be free from that thing. There's no doctor's report. There's no bank statement. There is nothing in your life that has the ability to overshadow the truth that God has given to you. Can somebody say amen? You with me? Am I going too fast for you? Like, am I just like blowing your mind right now? Like, it's happening to me? All right, that's cool. If that's what's happening, praise the Lord for you. Okay. So, um, like I said, the only way for us to get free is to get the light. Okay? Is to get the light. This is extremely important for us because everything else, until I experience light, everything else in my life is varying levels of bondage. Now, no condemnation, okay, because like we all live there. But the way that I felt it is that as the Lord is releasing to us in this season an anointing to experience the light, he's opened up a door for us to step beyond things that maybe historically in our life have consistently been able to bring us down. You know, for, for a lot of people, you know, myself included, you know, we have those buttons, you know, where the enemy just knows those buttons and he knows if I just like push this button, you know, you're going to, you know, you'll be like, yes, I'm, I'm doing so good and I'm rising. And the devil comes, you know, and maybe in the form of like your coworker or something like that, right? And he comes and, and he just pushes that button a little bit. And what happens, you know, oh, you know, we're, we're going up, we're going up and then the button gets pushed and then it's like, oh, we're kind of going down and going down and we're going. And then it's like, oh, we're, we're ready and we're going to go. And a lot of Christians, unfortunately, none of us, of course, live on sometimes this roller coaster of Christianity when the, the reality is is that the scripture tells us that we've been designed to go from glory to glory, from level to level. We're to only increase and never decrease. And the only thing that has the ability to stop us from increasing is the darkness that resides on the inside of us, okay? Now I'm using these words darkness and light, and sometimes it can be like a scary you know, like, I have darkness in me, and it's, I don't necessarily mean that. By the light, I'm talking about the truth, and by darkness, what I'm referring to, obviously, is areas that are less, that we believe that are less than the truth, okay? And so, how many of you know that there's a difference between doing something and knowing that you should do it, okay? Like, I haven't worked out in two months. I know, it's horrible. Don't judge me. I haven't worked out in two months, and I know that I should go back to the gym. But one of the things that I've discovered is knowing that I should go back to the gym isn't getting me back in shape, right? I mean, is it, I wish it was. I wish that my good intentions got me a six-pack, but it doesn't, okay? It just gets me the kegger, right? Okay? And this is the thing is that knowing that, knowing that we should do something is so different in my life than doing it. 
And I think that sometimes what can happen is, is that we've so well rehearsed this understanding that I need to experience the light and that our lifestyle is one where, you know, we live a life of faith and we've got our confessions and we do all the right things. But what we have to step into is this understanding that knowing that I should do something is different than actively pursuing a lifestyle of developing faith or belief on the inside of me, okay? Now, this is the thing that we have to understand when we're coming into this, is that faith and living a lifestyle of truth is not that we live in denial, okay? This is very, very important, because sometimes what can happen to people, and I see this, you know, not too often in myself, thank God, Uh, maybe sometimes more than I wish that I would see them, but we talk, you know, a really good game, right? We talk the truth, we talk about the fact that we know the truth, but really what it looks like is we're just sort of denying that the negative thing is happening in our life, okay? Like, I might experience a little bit of sickness, and I walk around like, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, but really, I'm not actually doing anything to pursue healing in my life, right? I mean, it's like the gym. I could walk around all day and tell people, you know, I'm in shape. You know, hey, Mike, I'm in shape. How are you? Yeah, hey. Now, there's, there's a difference between telling somebody that I'm in shape and the lifestyle of pursuit of actually doing what it takes to get in shape. You understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing that we have to understand when we're living a lifestyle of faith is just saying that I'm a faith person doesn't actually mean that I'm a faith person. Can I get an amen? I mean, if you're afraid, just give me a little, you know, hell, okay? You know, maybe I'm like, you're like, oh, that's me. You know, because this is the thing is that sometimes we have to be able to look at ourselves and actually understand where we are. Because if God has opened up a season for us right now, I mean, I think it's until September the 22nd. 22nd? Yes. September the 22nd, where my mom had that prophetic dream, where we understand that God has opened up a door to us, and he's given us the understanding of what it takes to get through that door, and it looks like getting the truth. That's all that God is asking us to do, is can you get the truth on the inside of you? God has taken care of the rest. Right, the door that needed to be opened, he's let us know, hey guys, it's open until September the 22nd. It's ready for you to take everything that you need. Now all I need you to do is actually start to believe that what I said I was going to do, I'm actually going to do it. You see, what it looks like to live a lifestyle of faith is more than just saying I'm a faith person. It looks like action. It looks like doing the things every single day that we know to do until I see those things manifested in my life. Otherwise, we're really just living in denial. And I mean, no condemnation, right? Because I'm doing that right now, you know? I'm like riding this two months of no time, no, not going to the gym, and I'm just hanging out there, right? Because I'm like, yeah, whatever. But this is the thing is that what we have to understand is that those promises that we want, those things that God has spoken to us about, they're ready for us right now. Because the light looks like something in my life right now. I mean, like even in the natural, right? You can't fake having light in the natural, right? Like, 
okay, you know, sometimes I'm not the sharpest guy ever, okay? But if I walk into a pitch black room and somebody tries to convince me that it's so bright in here, okay? I mean, you really are going to have a hard time tricking me. You see, the light in my life is going to, on the outside, produce something in my life. That's why the thing that I love about this process of developing faith, that it's so, so simple, because the way that I can see what do I believe and what, 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 what don't I believe, is I just have to look at what's the things that are happening on, uh, in my life right now. Like, am I healthy or am I sick? Well, if I'm healthy, that's awesome because it's evidence to me that I'm moving down the road into understanding that God has supernatural healing for me forever. But if I'm experiencing sickness in my body, look, no condemnation, okay? But it's evidence to me that I can see, wait a minute, there's more work that I need to do right here. And instead of pretending like I have the light, I actively pursue a lifestyle of what it looks like to actually live in the light, this is this making sense to everybody? Yes. Okay. Because the amazing thing about it is that it also works, this process also works when we're living already in the light. I mean, Keith Moore uses this analogy I mean, when he's talking about faith. And, and he says that, you know, like pretend that there's a guy who's doing laps, swimming in the pool. And somebody comes up to that guy and he's like, dude, there's no water in that pool. It's, how many of you know it's too late at that point? It's too late to convince that guy that there's no water in the pool. Why? Because he's, he's out there and he's doing laughs, right? He knows. You see, that's the way that faith is designed to operate in our life is that when we step into living a lifestyle of faith, it's easy to live there because we're experiencing the fruit of what it looks like to live inside of faith. Okay? Is this making sense to everybody? Okay, good. I just want to make sure. You're so quiet. And that's cool. I mean, do your thing. So, first thing we need to do is to discuss what is light, what is light, and what does light look like? Because that's ultimately the most important thing that we have to understand how to define it. And the answer to that is simple. Light in my life looks like the Word. It looks like the Word. Our life was designed to look like the Word. You weren't designed to look any different or act or have the power that's any different than what Jesus had when he was here living on the earth. The same anointing, the same authority, the same power that Jesus had when he was living here, that same potential at this very moment is residing on the inside of you. And the degree to which I have the light in my life determines the degree to which I operate in the power that Jesus walked in while he was here on the earth, okay? And so when I'm in the light, my life will just begin to automatically look like the word, and it will begin to automatically look like the promises of God. You won't have to try. You won't have to try to figure it out. You won't even really have to do anything as you begin to step into the light in areas of your life, things in your life and around your life will automatically begin to change. Like, you ever notice that? Like, that's one thing for me that I contended for for a long time was understanding this concept of living in divine health, 
okay? My whole life, I was terrified of getting sick. Like, I was a pretty healthy kid. I got pneumonia, I think, twice. Other than that, like, I barely went to, the, I think the last time I went to the doctors was in, like, 88 or something. Like, it was a long time ago. But for some reason, I was always terrified of getting sick, okay? And, and this was something that over time, it got to the place where it was so bad that it was crippling, like, I mean, I would wake up, and even though my body would be healthy, I would be terrified that there was something on the inside of me that was wrong, okay? And I had to make the decision that I just don't want to live this way anymore. And I went through a process, and I got the like, hallelujah, thank the Lord. But now the thing that I think is so amazing is that I really don't have to try and stay healthy anymore. I really don't have to try to, you know, do the right things and, you know, go to the doctor and get my checkups. Although all those things are amazing. But because I'm living in the light, that light produces of itself automatically in the world that I live in. To the place where now I experience divine health all the time. Okay? So the way that I know uh, that I'm living inside of the light is that my life begins to look like the promises. Okay? So how can I, okay, and Mark 26, 23 gives us this warning. And it says this, make sure that the light that's in you isn't actually darkness, okay? Now this is like daunting, right? You're like, oh, what does this even mean? And really all that he's talking to us about is understanding that when we believe something that's contrary to the word of God, make sure that you don't hold that in you as though it's the truth. Okay, like you ever have that before? Like I, it's happened to me, so I'm sure it's happened to you, where you'll be talking to somebody and, or maybe like you're in a rhema. I think the most of the time I notice it when I'm in a rhema and I'll be talking to people and I'm saying, you know, this is it and this is what's going on and this is going on. And then I'll say something that in my head sounds like, I'm pretty sure there's a scripture that says this. And they look at me and they're like, whoa, like, did you not see that that's totally a lie? Like, you ever say that, like, you're so convinced that something is the truth, and then uh, even when somebody tells you, like, that's not true, that's an absolute lie, you're like, no, it's not, like, I know this isn't a lie. What that looks like is, that's just darkness that we have in place of, of the light on the inside of us. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I ask the Lord, how do we determine whether light is light or light is darkness? And what he said to me was, all you have to do is take a look at the fruit. What is the fruit of that belief system? And it's really easy to know whether it's a God thing or not, is that it looks like, if it's a God truth, if it's God light, it will look like love, it will look like joy, it'll look like peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, that's the fruit of the Spirit, Right? That's an easy way for me to determine is what I'm believing the truth or is it a lie? If I'm believing something and it's making me anxious, you know, my mom you know, gave that word, I think it was on Sunday, how she was talking about how God will never use the devil in order to, to, to get us to learn something. A, a, a lot of the time, it, the enemy does a really good job or tries to do a good job of disguising, the, uh, of disguising deception inside of the light. Yep. But I tell you, the easiest way to determine whether this is God trying to say something to me, whether it's the devil, whether it's the truth, whether it's deception, just take a look at how you feel. You know, I'm so determined. Like, you ever have that where the Lord can chastise you? 
You ever have that before? Like he disciplines you hard. I mean, it happens to me not very, not very frequently, but I tell you, it does happen to me. But one of the things that I think is so amazing about the Lord is even when he comes to discipline us, when he does it, it's like it feels good. You know, it's like a good session at the gym. You know, like you sweat and you're sore and you feel like maybe you're going to vomit or whatever. But when you're done it, you're like, yes, this is it, right? I, I feel that way with the Lord is that when he does things and he could come and say something that's, ooh, you know, God, you cut me good, cut me deep, right? But it's like, oh, I'm so thankful for that because it feels, you see, God will never, there's nothing that God could say to you or that his truth could say to you that would make you feel negative in any way possible. So it's easy for us to be able to distinguish what is truth and what is darkness, what is God and what's not God, simply by looking at this thing that I'm believing or that's going on in my life. What is it making me feel on the inside of me? Is it making me feel hopeful or is it filling me with dread? Does it make me love this person or does it make me want to punch them in the face? Right? You know, does it make me want to give or does it make me want to hoard? Okay? It's a really easy way to look at myself and say, is this God or is this not God? You know, God is asking you to do something and you feel afraid and you're like, oh, you know, maybe this is God just warning me because it's, no, God won't ever use fear. He can't use dread. He can't use hopelessness. He won't use depression or anxiety. But no, the truth is always going to feel good. It's going to feel right. There's going to be a knowing on the inside of you that, you know, I know this seems impossible. I know that this might seem stupid, but I tell you something, it feels right on the inside of me. The truth will always make us feel right. Okay, so I'm just going to, I'm going to close with this now. So how do we find the light? And this is really what's important to understand is that how do I go from a process of where maybe I experience or I, I find that there's an area of my life where I know that I'm experiencing darkness, right? Where I know that, okay, God, I know that you're asking me to do something, but I just can't seem to get to the place where I can embrace or see the fruit of this truth. And the first thing that the Lord said to me was, the very first thing that we have to do is we have to choose to release the darkness, Okay, now I know that this might be like, what? You have to choose to release the darkness. Yes, you absolutely have to choose to release the darkness. You see, most people, they want to hold on to their darkness because they, they grab the hold of that, the deception. They grab the hold of that lie because it pacifies the fear that's on the inside of them. And to give it up would be like feeling that, okay, now I have to give up the control of this situation. You see, the very first thing that we have to do when we desire to get free, I mean, I, I do rhemas with people, and I, I have this great opportunity to do that, and the very first thing that somebody needs to do in order to be free from that thing is they have to express themselves that it's my desire, I want to be free. Because I tell you something, I could pray over you, and I could lay my hands on you, and we could do a fire tunnel, and at the end of the fire tunnel, we could prophesy over you, you know, and we could wave the flag over you, and we could do all those things. But if we don't want to be free, we're, we're not going to get free, okay? So that's an area that we have to look at myself and say, this is something that I want. I actually want to be free in this area. And you see, this is where a lot of the times in our life where rhema is necessary. The, you know, the process of rhema, not a rhema word from Lord, which that's amazing too. 
but I'm talking about our Rhema process and our momentum center, why it's so important to us, because there are some things in our life that we have willfully bound ourselves to areas of deception. Right? We call those things vows or lies, where, you know, I've looked at this area of my life and I've said, you know, this is exactly what I want. You know, you know this fear, you know, I'm going to have this fear forever. You know, people could say things like that. And that's where we need the process of rhema with somebody where they can walk us through step by step to understand what does it look like to legally reject the fear in our life, okay? So number one, we have to release the darkness. Number two, what we have to do is we have to find the truth, okay? This is so important for us in every situation that we're going through. I mean, I, I say it all the time and because it's made such a huge impact on my life, but the very first thing that I do when I get into a situation when I know that something on the inside of me isn't right, the very first thing, literally the next thing that will come out of my mouth is I'll ask the Lord, Jesus, tell me what is the truth. You see, you, we need the antidote in order to overcome. If I'm feeling afraid, I need to know what's the antidote to this fear so that now I have the ability to overcome. If I have a lie that's in my head, I need to know the truth because I know that the truth supersedes the lie, okay? So the next thing that I need to do is I need to know what does the word say about either who I am, about my situation, or about who God is, okay? The very most important thing in our life in order to get free, is that we would find the truth, okay? Now, this truth is not just your truth or my truth, okay? It's not just like good advice in a situation, okay? When we're talking about the truth, about finding the truth, what I mean is, is that we understand what does the word say about the situation that I'm in right now, okay? Like when somebody, like my dad uses the analogy, when somebody spits in my face, okay, I'm not looking for the truth that says, well, you should definitely spit back, right? I mean, well, that totally makes sense, right? No, what I'm looking for is not what is uh, natural truth, not what's the thing that makes sense in the situation, not what's the response that seems to kind of go along with what's going, no, what I need to know is, okay, Lord, what is the truth about this situation, and unless I can find the truth, I will remain stuck inside of the deception. Because the only thing that can get me free from darkness is not a different dark room. Okay? I can't grab a hold of a different set of darkness and expect that it's going to... No, what I need in that situation is I need to know, okay, Lord, what is the light? What is the truth in this situation? Because the truth, it's our weapon. It's the thing that God has given to each one of us. I mean, in, whereas Ephesians 6 verse 7, it talks about the sword of the spirit when we're talking about the armor of the Lord. And it's the only offensive weapon that we have in order to fight against the enemy. So what do we do? We take that word uh, and, and I use it as the weapon. It's the tool. It's the, it's the words that are going to come out of it. It's the thoughts that I'm going to think. It's the emotions that I'm going to force myself to feel that's going to over, overtake or supersede the negative emotions that maybe I'm experiencing right now in my life. Okay? And number three. So number one, I have to release the darkness. Number two, I have to find the truth. And number three, I have to turn to the light. Now, this is where, kind of going back to what we talked about a little bit in the beginning, is that knowing what the Bible says 
is not enough. Okay? And this is sometimes where things can get a little bit, of, a little bit frustrating because we know a lot of the time what does the Bible say about the situation that I'm in right now, right? Like, I mean, I could come up to probably any one of you and, you know, ask you for, you know, what's a good financial scripture? And you'll know it, boop, out of your mouth. What's a good scripture if I'm looking to get healing? Boop, out of your mouth, you're gonna. But knowing the scripture, saying the scripture, a lot of the time isn't necessarily enough. What we have to do is we have to get to the place where not only do I know it, not only do I say it, but I believe that the words that are coming out of my mouth, this is actually the truth for this situation in my life right now. Because, I mean, James 2.19, I read this, and I thought it was interesting that the Bible says that even Satan and the demons know the Scripture, right? Like, even they know what the Bible says, but, I mean, they're clearly not experiencing the life and the fruit from what the Bible says, okay? And so it's more than just knowing it. It's more than just reciting it. But our freedom comes when we work the word in our life, and we do, we do our confessions, we do our meditation, but we have the teachings on me. And what, what I'm doing is, is I'm forcing my brain to change the things that it believes, because I must go from just knowing something to actually the place where I believe that regardless of the way that my situation looks right now, this, what the word says, this is absolutely the truth in my situation. And so where do we fight? Where do we fight this battle? In our brains. Okay? We fight for the truth inside of our brains. Joshua 1.8 says it like this, meditate on the word day and night and you will observe. That's our desire, right? My desire is not just that I would know the scripture. My desire is not just that I could say the scripture, but my desire is that I would be able to observe what the things that I read inside of the scripture. That I wouldn't just know them that I wouldn't just know that I can have them, but that I would begin to observe those things actively produced in my life. That I don't just have to talk about that, you know, one day in the street by and by, I know that I'll have a, no, but I want to observe it right now in my life. Joshua 1.8 tells us the door to that is that all we have to do is simply meditate on the word as much as you possibly can until you see that word actively begin to change situations in your life. Don't spend your day meditating on the negative things. Don't spend your days meditating on all the things that are wrong in your life. Or spend your days meditating on the truth and the truth will begin to change those situations in your life. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says it like this, that we're to take every thought captive and bring it into subjection of the word. And this is what we do every day, every day, every day, is that thought comes into my brain and I ask myself the question, does this line up with the word or does it not? Then the next thought pops into my brain and I ask myself, does this thought line up with the word or does it? And then the first thing pops back into my brain again. And I ask myself, does this line up with the word? I mean, it sounds like, well, that seems like a lot. Or, but I tell you something, when we believe something, it automatically is going to produce the promises that you desire. 
that all God is asking of us, all that God is requiring us to do in this season as we stand, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the next, whatever it's going to be, 40 days, as God has opened this door up to us, my prayer is that for myself included, that our heart would desire to experience that we would desire to no longer live in areas where we believe anything less than the truth of what God has promised to us. You see, there is nothing that can stop the promise or the blessing of God from manifesting in your life or my life. God isn't choosing whether or not he's going to bless some, heal some, or not do it for others. The determining factor is, is Am I going to, over the next 45 days, am I actually going to do the things, do the process of taking what I used to believe and transforming it into what I want to believe? I tell you, if you could do that, in fact, I challenge you. In fact, I double dog dare you to simply spend the next whatever until September 22nd and honestly, give it your best. Like, remember when my dad, we bought those things, the timers? Okay, we got those still. But those suckers sold out in a day. I'm challenging you. Go pull the thing out of the back of the drawer that you threw it in. That I threw it in. Maybe you broke it. Maybe you got frustrated at meditating and you chucked it against the wall. Go buy a new one. Why? Because I tell you something is that when God has given us an opportunity, I mean, <laughs> we've been looking at this, you know, year of great harvest all year long. And God is now telling us that we have this amazing open door for the next whatever it is, 45 days. Give it the best that you can give it. Maybe you're used to watching TV at night. And I'll encourage you, try listening to a teaching. Maybe you're used to getting into bed and that's, you know, your worry time, you know? <laughs> you know, I lay my head on my pillow and this is my worry time now. You know, Danielle, don't talk to me. I'm worrying right now. <laughs> maybe, that's what, maybe that's what you're used to. I want to challenge you. Maybe you need to get something and put it on. Maybe you need to get the covenant blessings that my mom just recorded and play that over and over and over again. Maybe you need to read your Bible before you get, but I'm telling you something, if the promise is true that if we will simply do the process of transforming what I used to believe to what I want to believe, the blessing of God, uh, guaranteed 100% of the time, will manifest in your life. Amen? Heavenly Father, we're thanking you for this word this evening. Lord, as you have stirred my heart, I'm declaring, God, that you are stirring the hearts of everyone in this room and even online. Lord, that you are stirring us to return back to a lifestyle of honoring the word and honoring you with our lives by causing our lives to look the way you said that they can look. Lord, we are through settling for less than all that you have promised to us. We no longer will live in the bondage of the lies, the bondage of fear, of anxiety, of worry. But Lord, we're declaring, God, 
that as we walk through this door on September 22nd, Lord, we are doing it victorious. We are doing it as overcomers. Lord, and we are excited for everything that you have in store for us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.